0: Good morning. Welcome, everyone, to the Ag Market Network Monthly Cotton Teleconference. This is our May 11th edition of our program. Our program is brought to you by Bayer Crop Science. Uh, We want to thank them for supporting us uh, all these years and making this possible. Our panel is led today in our discussion by Gerald Nieper. He's joined by Dr. O.A. Cleveland, Dr. John Robinson, and Kip Butts. Uh, Before we get started, uh, I want to remind everyone that... uh, the uh, opinion of our speakers is not necessarily the opinion of our sponsors of the Ag Market Network, nor is the endorsement of any specific futures or option strategies. So let's get started. Gerald, tell us what you think about this market.
1: Oh, gosh. Um, that's a loaded question there. I'm not sure that I can unpack it all right today, but uh, uh, there's a lot of numbers that came out yesterday, and, and I think... Uh, I've, you know, the, the wildness of the market yesterday in terms of, a, I think, fairly volatile. It tells you that people are not really sure what uh, what foot to dance on. Um, I'm sure I'm going to miss something, so I'm depending on O.A. And, and Kip and Pat to, uh, to contribute. If you guys uh, see, I left something out important, but uh, let's start with the U.S. You know, for 2016, final production was put at... Uh, 17.17 million bales, down 60,000 bales from the, the previous estimate. Um, you know, Texas came in at 8.1 million bales uh, versus 8.4 in 2005 and 8.3 in 2007. So it looks like the third largest production in their history, which is fairly amazing. I think USDA started out with a production estimate in Texas of uh, 6.3 million bales, so up almost 2 million bales over the course of the year. You combine Texas, Oklahoma and Kansas together and uh, at, at 8.8 million bales, they were only 100,000 bales below the their record production for those three states. So fairly fairly amazing. Uh, it just shows what, uh, what good weather can do for you. And uh, a combination of genetics and good weather uh, I'm going to attribute it more to, to good weather and, and a long growing season than, than anything, though, this year, but uh, quite quite fantastic. USDA raised exports up another half a million bales to 14.5 million bales of cotton. And I think some people took a little bit of exception to that. Uh, they thought that maybe a USDA got a little too aggressive. Uh, I don't really see it as being a, a problem as long as shipments uh, – can average about 250,000, 260,000 bales a week for the rest of the year. I don't think we'll have a problem getting there, um, which puts ending stocks this year at 3.2 million bales, you know, the lowest since 2013. So, uh, um, you know, it certainly would suggest that the front end of the board is, uh, is, is ripe for possibly another, uh, another run toward 80 cents. Um, or at least a widening of the spreads, as we were talking about earlier, July-December. So it will be fairly interesting as we move forward. As far as the world is concerned, you know, USDA made uh, several uh, adjustments in in terms of world production, down 426,000 bales to 105.9 million bales. India was reduced 500,000. The United States, as I said earlier, down 60. Brazil was up 100,000 bales. And then you had a bunch of smaller changes here and there that, that uh, netted out to uh, another small reduction of about uh, 30, 34, 35,000 bales. World consumption was raised uh, surprisingly, possibly, uh, up 765,000 bales. Although I think with the, uh, the strength and the demand that we've seen this year for, for US cotton, uh, maybe it's not too surprising in terms of world consumption. Um, China, though, up 750,000 bales. Pakistan, up 100,000 bales. Um, and uh, so some other changes in there have reduced that, uh, those, those changes by, by approximately 100,000 bales of cotton. Um, as a result, world-ending stocks were reduced uh, uh, ever so slightly, about a million and a half bales from, from this last month, so putting us right at 89 and a half million bales. Now, we get into 2017, and I think that's that's what's causing all the excitement in the market. You know, USDA put U.S. production at 19.2 million bales. Um, that would be up, uh, uh, you know, 2.1 million bales from, from this year, or roughly 2 million bales from, from this year. Um, you know, USDA used only a 7% abandonment uh, U.S. wise, only used ten percent abandonment for the important Texas Oklahoma region just due to good soil moisture this year, um, which is and then they used the five year average yield, which uh, you know at this time of year there's, there's it's hard to do anything else, but uh, I certainly think that the USDA put u uh, s production i think um, about as good as you could put it for this time of year. Um, exports were put at fourteen million bales due to a large foreign production consumption deficit of, of about 18.3 million bales. Very good reasoning. I mean, if you're going to have a huge foreign production consumption deficit, you know, somebody has to fill that gap, and typically the United States will do that. But um, um, if you exclude China from the foreign production consumption gap, uh, that was only uh, 4.3 million bales. Chinese imports only put at 5 million bales this year, so which means that the United States is going to uh, take a lot of market share for, from some other folks out there this year, which I think is going to – is. I don't think it's impossible, but I think we're certainly going to have to be very competitive to, to do so, um, which means that the rest of the world is going to end up building stocks. Um, So, uh, you know, to go to 14 million bales, as I said earlier, the United States is going to need to be very price competitive, and I think that's what certainly is putting some pressure on on new crop. Um, Supplies of our U.S. competitors in terms of uh, in the export market, they're going to exportable supplies are going to increase by 5 million bales, you know, most notably Australian, Brazilian, uh, in India, they're going to be up three and a half million bales versus this year. So uh, I think it's going to be a very competitive marketplace this, this next year, at least at this time of year. And with these numbers, there doesn't seem to be any shortage of supplies for 2017. Chinese uh, production was uh, was raised to uh, up 750,000 bales versus this year 23.5 million. Pakistan up eight hundred thousand to eight and a half million, Australia up four hundred thousand to four point eight, and Brazil up two hundred thousand bales to seven million. Um, as in the United States, I think USDA gave the world a fairly, a fairly optimistic outlook. Um, you know, this last last year, world averaged seven hundred fifty three. Kilograms per hectare, um, or actually 755 kilograms per hectare, and USDA put uh, next year's yield at 753, so almost unchanged from from what I think was a very good year in in, in the world. It certainly could have been better. Um, you know, Australia is a per- perfect example of that, but uh, still, I think it's a very good yield this year. And to expect. Yields to basically be unchanged for next year. I think it's stretching the imagination just a little bit. Um, you know it's also noteworthy that uh, if you look at the machine pick crops for this next year um, they're expected to increase by two and a half million bales to thirty two million that would be the largest to since two thousand and ten um Total supplies in these uh, countries are going to be up over 4 million bales, so uh, we're going to have a lot of decent cotton out there if if the yield projections uh, come to pass. I think the number that is really striking out there this year, as far as uh, ending stocks are concerned, yes, the United States is going to increase from 3.2 up to uh, an estimated 5 million bales, but uh, if we look at the world less Chinese stocks, those numbers are going to increase by seven million bales. That would be the largest in at least the last 20 20 years. And up four million bales from uh, the next largest uh, number that we've seen in recent history, which was 2011. So uh, again, there's there's no lack of cotton at least in terms of USDA's numbers, um, this early in the season. And I think that's one thing that's, that's pressuring uh, New York right now as far as the new crops concern. concerned. Pat, that's all I've got to say for right now, and, and I'm sure I've missed something out there that uh, O.A. or Kip would be uh, happy to correct me on or, or at least uh, uh, alert the listeners to.
0: So uh, that would be my comments for right now. Okay, well, let's open it up to anyone else that would like to make a comment about the crop report. Kip, you go first.
2: Well, there's one quick statement I'd like to make, just looking at the 2017 numbers and the USDA's estimate of 115 uh, uh, and three quarters million bales for domestic use. Uh, the global use, you all know I've been following these synthetic prices very, very closely and the the crude oil production uh, we expect to be stable to actually increase uh, over the near term, probably over the next probably eight, ten months or so. So I think we're going to wind up uh, although Gerald with a combination of of large supplies, which Gerald did a great job in covering, and the competition from um, from synthetic fibers, I think that makes the one sixteen call it uh, production uh, mill use. A bit suspect early in the year. I can't argue with it, but it seems a bit full right now, and that was one number I'd be looking at to think that we may get. uh, The cotton will have to be very, very competitive to compete with the synthetic fibers if we're going to get that kind of number. I don't see increases uh, in global economic activity to the degree that would suggest we would have that kind of uh, of increase in in mill use. So that's the one number I look at on this at least the numbers, from the first one of the year, uh, keeping that in mind, that's a bit suspect for me. I don't know if anybody else had had seen anything like that or or would be ready to comment on that or not.
3: Uh, Well said, Kip. That's a major concern of mine. Uh, I I, I really fear that we've got some problems uh, stacking up in front of us there.
0: John Robinson, what are your thoughts on the report? Well, I'm I'm uh,
4: struck um, by the the downside risk that it implies. I mean, um, uh, Gerald was alluding to how we're going to have to be competitive. How the U.S. is going to have to be competitively priced to uh, to export what's projected, and then the comment that Kip just made. You know, maybe world consumption won't be as high as what's being projected. And, and so uh, to compete with man-made fibers, we're either going to have to have competitively lower prices or just looking at the ending stocks outcome, you know, going from 3.2 to 5 in the U.S. Um, it suggests a heck of a lot of downside risk, which is the same thing we've been saying now for, I don't know how many meetings, um, but that scenario is, is unchanged and, you know, reinforced with these early projections. Right, John. Uh, You know, go
0: ahead. And I don't mean to interrupt you. I just want to let you know exports came out a little while ago. I just throw this out there. Uh, Net sales, upland sales of one hundred and sixty thousand six hundred. We had uh, Turkey taking fifty nine thousand four hundred. Vietnam taking forty three thousand six hundred. China taking fifteen thousand seven hundred. Then we had uh, new crop sales of one hundred and forty six thousand four hundred running wow. bales, and that was Indonesia, Vietnam, and China. Shipments look pretty good, 412,800. <laughs> uh, so I, I, mean, I just want to throw that out there because it, it happened here at 730. I just want to let everybody know that.
3: Well, understand, everybody... and
0: you know, we, uh, we,
3: we, we spoke of shipments. Uh, I, I don't see any reason why shipments are going to back off. They've continued very strong. Uh, you know, maybe maybe not 400,000 every week, and, and which is the same as saying, well, maybe not 350,000 each week, but uh, uh, hanging for, we, we, we go a few more weeks, uh, four or five more weeks, sitting up there at 325,000 plus, then all of a sudden, the rest of the year, we only need something like two hundred twenty five, 250,000 a week to, to get to that number. Uh, the export number has been strong. It's been strong all year. Uh, it's been on that trend line to do that. I initially said to Beltwide, I didn't think it would keep that trend line, but it has. And we are well on our way to selling out, obviously. So that, that, that will continue to keep some upward pressure on this market. Uh, at the same time, the new crop is going to add to the downward pressure. <clears throat>
1: What's what's really fascinating, I think, is is the fact that you know these these prices haven't seemed to really be working to ration supplies so far, and um, you know maybe <laughs> maybe we want to sell out, who knows? But uh, it's it, it's really qu- quite interesting that uh, we've uh, come under. Not under pressure, but uh, we, we these prices just haven't taken off enough to uh, to, uh, to, to to ration ration supplies going forward, <clears throat> which well, I'm, uh, I'm, you know is 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 fascinating in the sense that you know I mean the underlying demand just seems to be much stronger than than any of us really have an anticipated this year for cotton um i mean is consumption obviously much better i i guess than than what anybody was anticipating this year and and uh um that would be i think one surprising thing this year
3: well it's been persistent week after week persistent and consistent yeah Uh, the the only time we had a any any break and 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 I called it price rationing, maybe it wasn't It was several weeks ago, just very few three or four five weeks ago when we dropped down to below three hundred thousand bail export numbers, and that was occurring just as we ran solid that ran the July to seventy nine cents tried to get to may to eighty and at the same time it was very obvious we were had had gotten to the point that we were were selling out uh So, you know, that's my take on it anyway. I
2: tend to agree that these shipments are are very, very strong. What impresses me about this is where the shipments are. Turkey has come in as a very, they had uh, 87,000 exports this week. Um, Vietnam is very, very strong. We've got Pakistan, uh, Korea, uh, excuse me, Indonesia. They're all in there just. Consistently every week, and uh, right now these shipments just—I'd have to look, but—but but I think we're, we're running on a 10-year uh, pace right now. As far as this week, this is probably a record for shipments at, at a time where we—we're about to end our, our peak shipment period. But this thing just looks seriously strong, and uh, and. It, it, makes you wonder if we continue this export pace, what the July contract uh, needs to do. We, uh, that may be how we wind up rationing things, whether July goes up. Uh, uh, Gerald alluded earlier, I think, to, the, uh, to that spread widening. It may be December going down, but that spread will need to widen. Uh, that may be the rationing technique on this. Rather than the flat price, the spread may do it.
1: Well, Kip, you know, I noticed last week that uh, when I was looking at commitments versus export shipments, you know, Turkey was was running well behind um, <clears throat> their their commitment level. They, had, as of last week, last week's export sales numbers, they'd only shipped 888,000 bales versus a million six hundred and fifty thousand bales in commitments. So it's not surprising that that Turkey is 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 Taking a, a lion's share of these export numbers right now because they really need to get caught up with their with their sale numbers. Um, but uh, the, the fact that they continue to buy, and uh, th- you know, th- there, there must not be very many good alternatives out there other than U.S. cotton, uh, either from a price or a quality standpoint.
2: That's a good point. I think quality is a huge uh, huge advantage U.S. and we've talked about that all year. I, I, I've been a little surprised, as uh, Oway mentioned earlier, that it's just maintained this for this long, and I don't know what's going to slow it down. I think that's Oway's point earlier uh, oway i got a question
0: for you uh, for some time you've encouraged farmers to be pricing or hedging their new crop cotton uh, up in the seventy four seventy five level and even higher uh, for those farmers that have not done it. What what would you suggest to them? Uh, what is there a level we might see again in December uh, that will uh, a bounce of some type that will allow them to do some pricing? Uh,
3: Pat, I think at this point in time we will see higher prices only in the event of some uh, rather strategic crop, crop possibility uh, crop crop uh, weather related damages. We'll have to see something that's going to reduce the crop size, which can be basically weather. Uh, So that's the only way we get higher. Do we get back uh, with 72-something now? Do we get back to 74? I think probably not. I I think the new crop is done for. Can I just make a comparison here? I don't necessarily think old crop is done for, though it's had a precipitous slide this week. Uh, I think it could climb back up a couple of cents just because of uh, we may have a little more ration to do, and because of the on-call sales. But I don't think now at this stage, speaking in terms of a crop this large, old crop will be able to keep pace. I think the new crop-old crop situation, the the, the the connection is now made, and uh, we, we'll see the, the spread with July widen in my opinion. So I, I would still be, if I've not done anything, I would still be very aggressive where we are today. I, I would not sit back and, and wait, period. Uh, I, I started selling a little above 73 cents, and when we got to 75, I said, gummit, why did I go so fast? Uh, but, you know, 73, 75, not a lot of difference. In, in trying to move a crop. It's an important money difference. But I think we got a lot of folks in at 74, a lot of folks in at 75. And if we haven't done anything, I think we've missed the top of the market, and and, and it's just time to take that action. As John Robinson shared something with me a number of weeks ago. I think, John, and you can correct me if you have it in front of you, that the spread from the high to the low for the new crop uh, so far is just about 16 cents and uh, typically we've got an active market is going to be at least 22, 24 cents. Sometimes the last several years have been as high as 40 cents, the high to the low for the year. And this year, with the 2017 crop, uh, the spread has been only 16 cents. So we've got to take this market below uh, 58 cents if we're going to widen that spread. So I think as we have hinted and even suggested that the pressure is on the downside of this market. And if we want to get a 20-cent spread from high to low this year, we've got to get – December is going to have to go down and look at 54, 55 cents. And I think that's where we're headed. I would say in USDA's estimate, to the extent they estimate price, they gave the price range that farmers could expect based on this report for the new crop and the low was $0.54, cents, which would suggest a futures price right around $0.50. Cents. So, uh,
0: excuse okay. me, I got Let's, that
3: backwards, about $0.58, cents. yeah.
0: Okay, so, you know, and that was brought up last month with KIPP, O A, and and I think it surprised some people, but now it doesn't seem maybe so surprising. We, so the feeling still is, and this sort of transitions into our discussion of prices, is, is it – is it possible that we can get into the fifties? Is that what we're we're thinking?
3: I think it's a done deal.
2: I was gonna say, you just heard O A say that and I think he and I both, at least on the last uh call, talked about uh I maybe slightly I mean we're not talking any big deal here. I'm thinking fifty two, fifty four cents, he's just right in that range. So yeah, I think it's I think unless we have some sort of a, a not monumental, but some sort of a crop concern or supply problem, which will we'll get in a normal season some volatility. But at the end of the day, we're, we're if, if these numbers bear out, we're looking at prices in the in the fifties for uh, for December, I think.
0: And what, well, John,
2: John or Gerald? Tell us your thoughts 50s. on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I,
0: would, I would agree. It's good to have a opinion. <laughs> yeah, I,
4: I would agree with that. I mean, uh, Gerald Gerald pointed out that you know it's early with the world production and the u.s production numbers it's early with that but if it plays out the way those numbers are right now then i can't argue that futures are going to go under 60.
1: john i had a question for you you know uh if you look at the winter wheat plantings in oklahoma and texas um particularly in oklahoma you know they're they're down versus a year ago and and you know i'm sure a lot of that is going to go into cotton do you think that these acreage numbers have already been baked into the cotton numbers, or are you looking for an increase in Texas and Oklahoma cotton plantings
4: from from the March numbers? I've heard a few people. Um, I've heard a few people throw out the expectation that they expect it to be at least the March number, if not a little bit higher. So it, it, I think the expectation is it, it maybe could. They wouldn't be surprised if it went up a little bit. Okay, so
1: they, they were already pretty much baked in. I
4: think so, yeah.
2: Okay. Can I, uh, because you mentioned area, let me kind of uh, talk a little bit about outside the U.S. Uh, I saw a report, I guess it was yesterday, Ministry of Ag and in China increased their estimate uh, to 3.2 million hectares. I think USDA is at 3. Uh, uh, I know we're at 3 uh, million hectares. If we, and I'm, I'm suspicious now that we're going to get bigger area outside the U.S. than what uh, uh, USDA reported yesterday. Our internal number is about a little over 4% larger than what USDA has. And Over the past two weeks, I've been looking at particularly some of these African countries uh, that are increasing their minimum uh, prices and encouraging, I think we're going to wind up with a little bit more acreage out there, on, uh, particularly on the margin than people are talking about, adding to the supply that, that Gerald very accurately pointed out is, is already, in relative terms, in surplus. So uh, got another situation that would foster a bearish-type price action without a crop problem out there. So I, I want to point that out. We may, in fact, be looking at, at more foreign area than is being advertised in yesterday's report.
3: Kip, I think it makes total sense to me. I know Gerald's done an outstanding job in tagging uh, foreign crops historically, and uh, it, it just with prices where they are or where they have been. Uh, I think it just brought more acreage in than 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 was being reported. And, and, and it should have. Historically, it always has had. So that's that's my comment there.
2: We need to be careful. We're all getting a little bit too bearish here, I'm afraid.
3: That's right. Well, yeah. that's uh,
2: <laughs> get too bearish and too bullish.
3: <laughs> well,
4: I'll, I'll
0: change my number to fifty-eight cents. Then I went for to
4: fifty-two.
0: <laughs> well, well, this here's the, here's the next question: How high can O crop go?
3: Seventy nine. Seventy nine forty nine. It can't break seventy nine fifty. It's just had too many opportunities.
2: Well now there's a man with true conviction. Uh gonna say do the, do the hundredth
4: of a cent.
2: Yeah. I mean I, I would I would agree that and his point's well taken. I mean we've had plenty of opportunities to get through that. It's 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 almost like it can't do it, however we are. In a, I think this plays out to how these on-call sales work out uh, and how they handle that. It looks like it's, uh, although the number's large, it quote, seems to be, for whatever reason, a little more manageable than it, it was seemed to be perceived two or three weeks ago or four weeks ago. But it's still out there. It's still a big number. And if these guys wait uh, until late to do that, uh, This thing could just explode. It would be a short-term move, but I certainly wouldn't know how to put a top on that if these guys just come in. It's like a bull in a china shop if they do something like that. So I don't know how high it can go. I'm more inclined to think that this spread, widened spread we talked about will be these going down more than July exploding, but I certainly can't discount that as a possibility. It's not something I'm counting on, by the way, but I can't discount it entirely out of hand.
0: That's a
3: great comment, Kip, and I, well, our friend in Georgia a couple of weeks ago made the comment that uh, May went to $0.80. Cents and where uh, May go, goes, July tends to follow, and that's, that was uh, uh, very well seen historically. That, uh, that tends to be the case, but I think the only thing that takes July higher now uh, is basically is going to be how the home-call sales are worked off, and it can happen. We really didn't think May would go to 80. We thought it would hold around 78 and a half, 79. But in a sense, it, it's, as I've been saying, the market's just picking his top. And can it get back up there again? Yes, it can, with these on-call sales being 10, 10 plus to one. Uh, we just have to see how that falls out. But, but like you, I, I don't anticipate it now. It's got too much running to have to do now. It's got to go three cents or so, nearly, nearly, nearly any other
0: thoughts or comments
3: let me ask John a question I was picking it up here about Texas I, I tracked it down to some degree but I thought it was just small small numbers I, I kept getting a little push back on, on the tech fees that some growers might switch and go to grain instead of uh, cotton in, in your area did you really see any of that from from a real standpoint
4: I haven't heard,
3: pushing I back haven't on heard tech of that fees.
4: being a constraint. I, yeah. I have not well, heard of and, that being a constraint.
3: Okay. okay. Well, good, good. And, and I, even from, I know farmers don't like to pay more money. Now, none of us do, and they like to fuss about tech fees. But at the same time, you look at yields and what yields have done. Uh, I know farmers are going to beat me to death over this, but look at what yields have done, and tech fees are a bargain. Uh I know I'm going to get to my love emails. Yeah. <laughs> well, Whatever
4: bargain heard, as long as the I weather have. cooperates. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah. Yes, that's they have some some of them have some kind of risk sharing related to that. But, right. Uh, I right. have heard stories of of uh cotton seed sellers running out of seed. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. I've, I've heard those uh, those those angles. So well uh, Pat, a, i'm it. gonna have to get off i'm gonna have to get off the line, so I'll just throw out my December uh, based on the discussion and some of the adjustment mental adjustments we've been making I, my December thought would be seventy five to fifty five uh, which has kind of shifted down from previous uh, previous months but uh, i I agree with the others and think there is a considerable amount of downside risk uh, in this story so
0: okay. Any, any other comments?
2: Thanks, John. I'm sorry you gotta leave early.
0: Well, I gotta
4: the, the uh drop off line at school is starting to accumulate so I gotta get in it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you're gonna start passing out cotton clothing to your athletic departments
4: to the polyester. Uh, well uh, yeah, And I would note that Mississippi State has other- won
3: the Polyester Cup this year.
4: Yeah, uh, we've got we've got other issues we've got to kind of address in our athletic department. Anyway, we'll see you guys.
3: <laughs> all right, all
0: right. Well, any anything before we wrap up? Any other thoughts? Any any other comments?
3: Well, Pat, I'll have one. Kudos to Texas Tech University. They're using Under Armour, uh, and their baseball team uses a lot of cotton. They use a lot of cotton in their charge, cotton in their workout clothes. They're, apparently they gain clothes still uh, all polyester but uh, certainly the cotton states in the Delta and the, the big cotton state of Texas uh, our flagship ship, university, Texas A&M, can't claim that. And if we can just get our uh, cotton teams back to wearing cotton would sure affect the price of it a great deal.
4: Thank you.
3: <laughs> I say all that right. everywhere I go. I believe in cotton.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, let's wrap it up. We want to thank everybody uh for joining us today. Thanks to all our our um uh, our speakers here. Uh, uh Gerald, thanks for leading us today. Uh also we wanna make sure to, to mention uh Bear Crop Science for all they do to make this possible. So that's it. Thanks for being with us. Uh we'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you Pat. Thanks.